0: Welcome to the Experience Stardom Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Megan Nash. Megan is a first year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022, and she is also a founder. We invited Megan on the podcast to talk a little bit more about her background, how she decided to pursue an MBA, as well as her venture, Raina. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Megan Nash. Megan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: First and foremost, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. All things considered, I feel fortunate here in Virginia to have access to so much outdoor space. And now that I'm in Q4, Darden Core is in the rear view mirror. I have much more time to to explore it. I feel I feel fortunate.
0: Yeah, we've been hearing that from some of the current students who've come on the podcast that they've been taking advantage of the great outdoors in your in your backyard uh, there in the the Charlottesville metro. Have you picked up any uh, hobbies pastimes here in the in the midst of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I when I was back at home in California, I was learning Brazilian jiu jitsu. Actually, from my my husband is a Gus brown belt, I think. And that was my new quarantine activity. I'm, I'm very athletic. I used to be an athlete in college and I love to learn new things. So during quarantine, that was perfect. You know, j- just the two of us, we were in the garage, uh, you know, figuring out, figuring out this new martial arts.
0: Is it complicated? I don't, I mean, I know people who've said like, oh, I'm doing Brazilian jiu jitsu, and I've just kind of like let it hang and then like go on to the next thing. But is, <laughs> is it a hard thing to learn?
1: Yeah, I find it very challenging. It's, um, extremely cerebral. It's a very conscious effort for me. You know, at some point it will become easier and I'll get into that Pelosi. But at this point, it takes me a, a lot of brain power to think about the movements and the specific, um, chokes or passes, guard passes that you need to do because you have to be very aware of each of your limbs and what they're doing and they're, they're moving independently and very quickly while, while your partner is also uh, reacting. So it's, it's a very effortful activity.
0: (laughs) A little different than maybe how we think about athletics is like something that at a certain point, you're not consciously thinking about you, maybe you're reacting, responding. Um, Some of this becomes ingrained behavior. I guess you'll get to that point at some point. Yes, I hope so. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time out for the podcast. Um, One of the sort of fun things uh, about the the job that I have in sort of hosting the podcast is that I get to talk to students who are doing all sorts of interesting things. And so uh, we invited you on the podcast because you are a student founder. You've got an idea that you're developing. You've participated in one in a recent stage of the UVA Entrepreneurship Cup, what's called the E-Cup. Um, we're going to talk about all of that. but Before we get there, I want to t- talk a little bit more about your story and mm-hmm. what you did before Darden and, and what brought you to Darden. So tell us a little bit more about your story and your background.
1: Yeah, I can get, get you up to speed quickly here. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area originally, and I joke that I fulfilled my Silicon Valley destiny by going to work at a software startup. So that's where I was immediately before Darden. I spent the majority of my career at an ed tech company called Zimi, and it was an incredibly rich experience. I really loved my role as a connector between the clients, engineers, and leadership teams because I got to have my hands in everything from user interviews and product roadmap to pricing strategies and product tiers, to sales incentives and marketing collateral. That was immediately before Darden. I was there almost three years, out of college, about seven years, ultimately decided to come to business school, and I'm sure we'll get to that later. Now that I'm at Darden, as you mentioned, I'm really involved in the entrepreneurial community. Won a couple of the pitch competitions with a FemTech product I co-founded. I started the KPI Club for female founders, and I'm now on the EBC Club that's entrepreneurship and venture capital for the listeners. Now looking ahead to the summer, I'm thrilled to say I'm going to Apple on their product marketing team. And then just on a more personal note about me, I'm an outdoor nut. I love to run, bike, swim, kayak, and generally venture outside. So if I wasn't scheduled to go to class this afternoon, I would be heading out to Shenandoah to get on some of the trails there.
0: So you mentioned being an athlete. I guess still very much an athlete. Um, What sport did you play or sports?
1: I was on the rowing team at Westland over in Connecticut.
0: All four years.
1: I was there. It was, that's a little bit of a story. I, I rode my first two years, my junior year, I was actually studying abroad and then took a little time off and then decided not to row when I got back my senior year and focused on other things.
0: That is, that is an intense sport, though. Um, it takes a lot of dedication, obviously, a very physical sport. What attracted you to rowing?
1: Rowing uh, stole me away from my my high school sport was soccer. And on a whim, I went to a learn-to-row camp when I was a junior in high school with a friend. And I completely fell in love with it. I thought it was the ultimate team sport because you can... No, nobody in the boat. I've rowed in eights. Nobody in the boat is going to succeed unless everyone succeeds, and you have to do it together. Um, and then just the the challenge of it. It's like one person learning the perfect golf swing. That's that's one thing. But when you row, all eight of you have to perfect the perfect golf swing, and then you have to do it in sync, like synchronously. And then you have to do it on a boat in water, going very quickly. Um, so it's the team aspect of it, and then I love being outside. We already covered that. So being out on the water every morning was was beautiful.
0: I will say, and this could be very cliche at this point, but I had not thought about rowing much as a sport. I mean, just I was not super aware of it until reading Boys on the Boat. And then all of a sudden oh, great. it became really clear to me how complex the sport is and just yeah. how many small things ultimately affect how quickly mm-hmm. that group of people can travel and just the level of practice and coordination. To your point, it's, an, it's yeah. an incredible sport. I mean uh, the ultimate team sport
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: well tell us a little bit more about your NBA journey. Had you thought about an NBA for a while and ult- ultimately what brought brought you to, uh, to Darden?
1: I uh, am definitely not not someone that always that considered an NBA. My career path prior to Darden took a few turns. Um, when I graduated from college, I was actually working at a community health center. I was connecting our underserved patients to social services in the community, and I was thinking about a master's in public health. But after working in that field for a few years and honestly checking in with myself doing a personal inventory, I realized it just wasn't the right fit. I've always lived by these words of advice from my dad. He says, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like then find a way to maximize what you like and minimize what you don't like. So I really put this advice into practice with my next career move. I took a risk on this early stage startup, Zini, that I mentioned earlier, because I wanted to be part of a small team and help build a business. And I really consider this a big turning point in my career because I learned that I really love technology, working with engineers, talking to customers, developing a product, and it was at Zimi during during this experience, that I really thought about an MBA because I reported directly to the CEO and I got exposed to all sorts of different things at the company. We were only 20 people. So I got exposed to all different conversations of, you know, venture funding, monetization, pricing strategy, hiring decisions. And honestly, I realized that there was a lot I didn't know. And I wanted to learn the business fundamentals, including things I would never pick up on the job, like finance and accounting in a structured environment. So that's why I thought about an MBA program. And then Darden specifically was really a happy coincidence. When I was working at the startup Zini, the first summer I was there, we hosted uh, an intern, and it was a Darden student, Van Hatchel. He was in the first cohort of the Batten Institute's Tech Venture Fellows program. And we became friends over the summer. I learned about his startup idea, which he's still, which he's still running. It's called Recruit Ref. So I learned about his startup, his experience at Darden, and that really planted the seeds for me considering an MBA. And we kept in touch after his summer uh, internship ended so that when I became serious about submitting my applications, really serious about the MBA, he was the first person I called.
0: I'm just thinking about the serendipity of of that story. So yeah. um, you know, it's possible Darden could have ended up on your radar some other way, but just what are the chances that you choose this path and go and work mm-hmm. for this company? and you know van ends up, you know, working there too. And the yeah. two of you meet and like, I mean, it's just from an admissions perspective, it's like, I don't, we could not have engineered near that in any yeah, kind of it's way. It's remarkable. You know? It's totally, totally wild. Um, but we so often say this and it's 100% true. I mean, if you meet someone from this community, a student, an alum, they're so passionate about their experience and so happy to share of it, um, easily the best recruiters. Um, so you've come to Darden, you're towards the end of your, your first year. You get a little bit time, a little bit of time back in your schedule now that you're here in quarter four. Mm-hmm. You know, post core mm-hmm. curriculum, taking some electives. Um, how has the first year been?
1: It's been amazing. I I can't believe how much has happened. It feels like an extreme, uh, like period of growth for me per- personally and professionally. Uh, that I. I I just couldn't get outside of this community. Uh, I've been stretched to learn learn things I have never touched before. I mentioned finance and accounting earlier, but you know, operations and and marketing in a in a really structured way, getting up to speed very quickly with a classroom of very very smart intimidating uh uh peers has been it's it's challenged me to gain more confidence uh, speaking among a classroom of, of peers that, that are objectively intimidating because they're so accomplished. And I think that's been really beneficial for, for my personal growth.
0: Is it something you thought about before coming to Darden, the fact that it is a participatory experience and you would you know, be expected to show up and contribute and you know, add to the conversation?
1: Of course, I knew that Darden was a case method school, um, but it didn't, it didn't really hit until I came here. And I got a, a, a walking start during Darden before Darden in August to the case method where the professors will cold call students. We've all read the same case the night before. The professor will cold call students the next day and ask them to present the managerial decision and what you would do. And then the entire class uh, chimes in after that kickoff to add, um, question your decision, um, ask you to, to provide evidence and back up your position. Um, so I got, I got a walking start during Darden, before Darden, and then once core started, um, you know, we were really running and sprinting. So I knew about the case method and, and that the classroom would be this way, but I, I, don't, I was definitely not prepared. I didn't know what it would be like um, until I actually got into the classroom. But now that I'm here, I can't imagine it any other way.
0: It's one of those things. I mean, we could describe it to people all day long and until you actually are in it and you are participating in it. I mean, we do mock classes. I think that's probably the the closest thing for a prospective student to kind of get a feel for the case method. But it is hard to to fully capture it because it's, it's different than how most people have learned previously, even in an undergraduate case method class, the expectations are a little bit different for graduate level mm-hmm. students and the level of the conversations at a, at a different place. Um, mm-hmm. Have there been learning curves for you um, throughout this first year or anything that stands out as something like this was an adjustment for me?
1: Yeah, I'll say the the biggest adjustment personally has been a long distance relationship. My husband is back in California. Um, I'll be back there over the summer and then after graduation, but Until then, you know, we're doing the California, Virginia uh, time zone difference. And in some ways, it's been great to, to establish myself in the community here. I've made wonderful friends. um, And I think being on my own has helped that. But it's also challenging to, to be far away from, from someone I've I've, uh, had at my side for the past decade.
0: Well, I know you're, you're, Likely looking forward to the summer and being uh, being back home, so to speak. Right, you mentioned being from the Bay Area, and yes. um, what attracted you to to that role at, at Apple?
1: I had, as you know, have experience in a small, scrappy startup environment where we were just trying to find product market fit. For the summer, I was really looking for an opportunity to be at a you know, one of the big one of the big tech companies, but one that I really uh, believed in and work on products that had found product market fit and are now growing like crazy. So it was the the switch to a bigger scale tech company with established products, and then Apple specifically, honestly, because I wanted to learn the recipe for success. I'm struck by Apple's um, track record of innovation that actually benefits people's lives and, and really being at the forefront of, of uh, technology.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, I'm curious, um, did you come to business school with the idea that you wanted to you know, pursue a venture to do something um, a- along the lines of, you know, sort of entrepreneurship?
1: I, uh, yes, I assumed at some point I would get involved in the entrepreneurial community and do my own thing. But I, I didn't know it would happen so fast. And that turning point um, really came when I participated in the Startup Academy. This is a, a program that Batten puts on in August before Darden classes start for students that are interested in entrepreneurship. And Damon DeVito, um, he's a a professor at Darden all around, uh, you know, rockstar community member here. Um, He came on and spoke with everyone at Startup Academy. And it was a a, galvanizing address, I'll I'll never forget. He essentially said, he sees so many students interested in entrepreneurship come through and not start something because they're waiting for the perfect time to start and it just never comes and the reality is we won't let our classmates down we won't let our learning team members down by not uh you know doing your case summary when it's assigned to you Uh, we won't let our professors down but the reality is that you will let yourself down by not starting your venture and he encouraged all of us to start now and not wait so I did. Um, it was in August that I really consider Raina's, um founding. Um, it was, it's me and my best friend turned co-founder, Katie, um, and, and our friend Max that sat down and said, you know, let's do it now. There's so many resources at Darden we can take advantage of.
0: So we've had three conversations about entrepreneurship here recently. All three people have mentioned Damon DeVito. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's incredible. I mean, I'm, I'm, here I am thinking it's like this podcast host. I've, I've got to get this person on the podcast. <laughs> like his name has been invoked three yes. times as being tremendously influential in people's uh, decisions to, to pursue their venture, how they've chosen to pursue their venture. Um, it sounds like an, an incredible person. So tell us a little bit more about, about your idea.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. And there's two words that are going to catch your attention, pubic hair. So I wanted to get that out of the way for, for you and your listeners now. The product I'm working on is, it's, we call it the Reina trimmer. It's a pubic hair trimmer designed specifically for women. The insight was really that research shows almost all women groom their pubic hair. But according to my surveys, only 10% are satisfied with their current product or service. And that seems to be because products on the market now promote hair removal and leave women with razor irritation, hot wax burns and painful ingrowns. So at Rain and my co-founders and I were developing a product that will solve these problems by offering a solution that, that's trimming. So it cuts the hair at a different angle so that it can't grow down and be an ingrown. It uh, glides above the skin so it doesn't cause irritation.
0: So I'm sure you considered many ideas as possible directions to go as an aspiring entrepreneur. What attracted you to to this particular problem and this particular idea?
1: Honestly, because Katie and I have been talking about it for so long, uh, over 10 years, we actually, Katie and I met on a study abroad program in the Turks and Caicos which sounds much more glamorous than it was. We were doing marine biology research on a, a tiny island. Fresh water was very limited. So we were taking showers at the, the saltwater shower or the, in the ocean and uh, still wanted to shave our legs and groom our pubic hair. So that's where our friendship started. And we decided that that was a problem we wanted to solve because we have been experiencing it for so long. And we're not alone. You know, almost all women groom their pubic hair. Most of the time they trim, but still only 10% are satisfied. So it felt like a problem that, that we could solve because we're so familiar with the problem and one that would have a big impact on a lot of people.
0: So you've, you've mentioned Startup Academy. I know you've been in the ECUP. Cup. Um, what if some of what are some of the Darden resources that have been helpful to you as you've pursued this idea? And maybe tell us a little bit more about how you like the steps that you've taken along your entrepreneurial journey here.
1: Yeah, I so definitely started with the Startup Academy and um, Damon encouraging everyone on the call to start. Um, so that's really when I when I started. then the next step was. Uh, the Entrepreneurship and Venture Capital Club did a fall pitch competition that I entered and uh, ended up being, being a finalist along with uh, four other women. And that was a big step because it kind of catapulted me and Raina into the, into the community. It gave us a lot of exposure and, frankly, led to people cold cold messaging me just reaching out saying you know hey i want to help or i know this person you should talk to and that was huge i can't you know i i keep encouraging everyone to just to do the pitch competitions to get their idea out there because you may not know what you're going to get out of it but once you once you put yourself out there good things will come to you and that's certainly what i found with that first uh ABC pitch night uh and since then, I've done a couple of the uh, eCup competitions uh, did uh, the VC boot camp over break. So these are all uh, bad and organized things. And I would be remiss if I didn't take the opportunity to thank uh, Madeline Taylor and MJ Toms for organizing organizing these events and the E Cup competitions, as well as uh, Jason Brewster organizes the, the venture launch lunch where you essentially come with an ask. So that's a great way to build community. And David Toobies runs the startup seminar. So I've gotten involved in all of these things in the, in the community. And then um, also Robin Swift is at, is at the Batten Institute and she's been a wonderful support, especially in the Bay area um, where I'm going back to. So all around, the, the longer I'm at Darden, the more I feel embedded in the community and really that everybody wants me to succeed. And I'm actively putting myself out there and getting rewarded by, by the community.
0: That's great to hear. And one of the nice things about the podcast is you find that conversations build on each other. So one of the things Alex Zaretta talked about is that there's this whole community of student founders, entrepreneurs that are helping each other think about their, their ideas and you know workshopping and sort of giving feedback. And it sounds like that's been your experience too.
1: Yes. And I've also intentionally built that community among the female founders here. I started a group called the KPI Club. Uh, Damon DeVito is actually our mentor. And essentially the, the goal of the club is to bring these female founders together. Every two weeks, we review the progress we've made from the past meeting and set KPIs for the next meeting. And this type of accountability has the effect of supporting each other because many of us are all, you know, many of us are first year students. So we're going through the same or similar challenges with Dart and Core. Many of us also recruited. So it's supportive, but it's also it holds us accountable. You know, my roommate actually is Jing Shu. She her venture is Kobuchi It's Coffee Kombucha. So if she says at one meeting, you know, hey my KPIs, I'm gonna get three coffee shop owners to talk to me. And at the next meeting, she hasn't mentioned that. You know, I'll remember that and I'll ask her about it and um, hold her accountable in that way.
0: So, where do things stand with Reina right now? Uh, we obviously, I, you first landed on my radar because I always eagerly await the e Cup results and to see how Darden students fared and who made it to the finals and maybe who won. And uh, I wonder how things are going.
1: Very well. It's. We're at a stage now we're deep in product development. Uh, we recently hired an undergrad, a UVA undergrad engineering fantastic, Chris Dauber, to make some prototypes for us. And we've been able to get these prototypes in front of potential users to give us feedback about what they like and don't like about different handle shapes, for example. So we have a, what we think is an MVP design mocked up in CAD we've got it 3D printed and our next step is to move forward in the manufacturing process and this is another example of again the UVA community giving back I've got a, a UVA alum who's an entrepreneur um, introducing me to his manufacturing China and helping us uh, through this process and it's all of our first times so the next big step for us is manufacturing
0: um, Megan, I'm I'm reacting to the fact that it sounds like your story. Things are coming together really quickly. Uh, I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people and sort of where they are, but the fact that y'all are this close to to manufacturing and actually getting in user feedback about, it, I mean, that's incredible. It's less less than a year um, from when you first participated in Startup Academy, if I'm if I'm counting correctly.
1: Yes, it's a fast pace, and I really I credit that the KPI Club has been incredible. Every two weeks having some rock that you can move just some, something to move the business forward every two weeks is is critical because before i had the before i had this this KPI club to hold me accountable and really find measurable goals i would feel like i was doing a lot of work because i was spending a lot of time doing research or thinking about it but i wasn't really moving the business forward in any measurable way so i think i've been able to progress so quickly in part because I'm a team of, you know, one of three. Um, I have co-founders and also in part because I'm, I'm using the KPIs every two weeks to, to do something, you know, something that I can do, even though I'm in core, even though I was recruiting, um, to, to move the business forward.
0: So, we were talking about, um, we, we've been talking about entrepreneurship on the podcast for a while, um, certainly a number of student interviews recently. And Elizabeth Blankenship was on talking about her uh, business. And Damon DeVito told her to do the hardest thing first, um, to start with that. And I'm wondering on your entrepreneurial journey, um, where did, where did, how did you get started? I think that's always an interesting thing. Like, where, where did you start? Did you start with the hardest thing or did you start somewhere else?
1: So the way that that we started was really ident- identifying the problem and then realizing that other people had the same problem. Katie, Max, and I, those are my my co founders, none of us have engineering experience. And I think that if we had let that hold us back, you know, we never would have started if if we thought that We shouldn't do it because we don't have engineering experience. So we knew that that was going to be the hardest part because it's a capability that our team doesn't have, but we didn't let that stop us. We validated the problem through customer research. We conducted surveys. Over 200 women responded to tell us about their pubic hair grooming habits. We have over 50 people volunteering to be beta testers and participate in our feedback group. So we co-created the product with our potential customers um, as a first step. Well, second step, I guess, after validating the problem. And the hardest part will be manufacturing, I think. I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we, we couldn't let that stop us.
0: Was it easy to find an uh, engineering partner, somebody to sort of work with you on the on the design um, elements of it?
1: At UVA, yes, it was easy. I uh, This is exactly how it went. I sent a text to Alex Zaretta, the master connector. And I said, hey, Alex, I need to do this. Like, do you know anyone? And he responded in about 30 seconds with Chris's name. And that that was it.
0: Wow, okay, yes, I would say he's a, a master connector. I mean, his, his whole idea of Xalens is essentially uh, helping people develop meaningful connections, um, mm-hmm. more meaningful than your typical social media enabled connection. So yeah, uh, there you go. Um, so it sounds also like you just had this like swell of feedback and like, I mean, 200 people getting back to you, 50 users. I mean, and it also sounds like that came together really quickly.
1: Yeah. And we're building a, a list of, um, or a wait list for um, pre-orders of the, the Reina trimmer. So if, if anyone listening is interested in a pre-order, they can go to shopreina.com and fill out our form because that's helping us to, to, to understand the, the demand for the product. And yeah, I, I credit, you know, receiving all the feedback. Uh, I ask for it explicitly and I'm very, uh, I, I want to be out in the community. So that was one, one of the reasons that I originally submitted my deck to the EBC Week pitch competition was you know beyond winning or, or participating. I, I wanted people to know that I was doing this uh, because I, it helps build accountability for me as well when, when my classmates know that I'm working on something and they're going to ask me about it. Uh, that motivates me to move forward.
0: So much of what I've heard you talk about aligns with this kind of effectuation model of entrepreneurship and method of entrepreneurship that's in practice here at Darden, right? You got your end users involved and you asked people for feedback and you sort of brought them into the process as you work towards a minimally viable product.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and some of that I, I picked up kind of organically while I was working at the startup, we were building our software product as i was out talking to customers trying to sell it and what i heard talking to customers i would bring back to the engineering team so that we could make sure that we were building something that you know actually fit the market but i didn't really i didn't have that effectual entrepreneurship name for it i really learned about that once i got to darden I, i'm probably heard about effectual entrepreneurship for the first time at startup Academy. And uh, certainly in the process of going to these Batten events, um, learned more about effectual entrepreneurship. And now uh, that I can take electives, I'm in Sarah's, I'm in her effectual entrepreneurship class now. That's actually, that's the 3 p.m. class that I'm going to later.
0: Well, you have a lot to look forward to. She's, uh, her name is another name that comes up a lot on these podcast conversations when we talk about entrepreneurship, Sarah, Sarah Svathi. Another name that is often invoked, mm-hmm. um, Megan. Well, it sounds like so many exciting things for Raina. I mean, um, when should you expect your first uh, manufactured uh, prototype, or you know, the first deliver deliveries of the of the trimmer back from from China? When when is all that going to happen?
1: We're aiming for this summer, and uh, if uh, if everyone if anyone's following us on on Instagram, it's reina.trimmer or Signed up on the website for our company update or pre-orders, so they'll be the first to know when uh, when our our first manufacturing run is back and we've got the the first rain of trimmers for everyone.
0: Wow, well, incredible! We'll have to get you back on the podcast to hear hear how things are going. But I wonder, great. Um, you know, we always close the podcast with the same sort of last question, and I wonder if there's a piece of advice that you would you would share or something that you would encourage prospective students uh, to think about as they think about Dart.
1: I'd like to share a piece of advice that I I received as a a, before I got to Darden, uh, someone told me to to think about exactly what I wanted to get out of my Darden experience. Uh, You know, first half of the first year, second half of the first year, and then your second year. Think about what you want to get out of it, and then write like literally write down some priorities for yourself, because once you get to Darden. There's so much going on. Your friends are going to be doing so much. That sounds so cool. And the reality is you just can't do all of it. So you have to hold yourself accountable to that list of priorities that you set out and intentionally prioritize the things that are important and intentionally deprioritize the things that aren't important. And then just really go for the things that you you want to do and be confident in your choices. I've really benefited from that strategy While while I've been at school, I prioritized my venture, recruiting for my summer internship, and connections with people getting involved in the entrepreneurial community. That's not to say I I didn't care about my classes, I certainly did, but you 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 have to have priorities. And on the entrepreneurial front, I'd encourage prospective students to be bold, take a risk, don't wait. You'll hear from Damon in Startup Academy probably, but you, you know you can get that message from me first.
0: I like that. I, I like that feedback. I mean, I, I think for all of our student founders, if it works out, great. And if it doesn't quite work out, man, what an incredible experience you've had of like going through this whole process of coming up with an idea, finding out if you know if it's actually an idea that has legs, and kind of mm-hmm. working towards an MVP and all of this kind of stuff. I mean immensely valuable, regardless of, of whether it works out or not. Yes. Well, Megan, thank you so much. I know it's a busy time and congratulations on everything with Raina and obviously with your in- internship at Apple. Enjoy being back in the Bay Area this this summer and, and please keep us posted as, as things uh, progress. It sounds like a, a very exciting time for you.
1: Thanks, Brett. I appreciate it.
0: And that was my interview with Megan Nash, a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.